What a good day to be in the house of the Lord. I want to say welcome to everyone. So glad that you are here. Uh, boy, if you're joining us online as well, so excited that you are. Uh, and what a great uh, season we are in uh, with the Christmas season and all that is taking place and happening uh, in, in this series we started last week. Uh, before we jump into the message this morning, I just want to uh, make you aware, uh, if you're newer to Grace Valley Church, uh, we're so thrilled that, that you are. Uh, this Wednesday night, we have a class for membership. We also have our Grace Valley 101. If you want the 101 on what's happening around here at Grace Valley, we'd love to see you uh, this Wednesday night. But if you've been contemplating membership here at Grace Valley, uh, this Wednesday night at 6.30, we would love uh, to have you join uh, myself. Uh, look forward to connecting with you and, and talking through that. This next week uh, around here at Grace Valley, there's going to be a lot of things happening. Uh, there's Christmas parties. Come on, how many of you like to have Christmas parties? Uh, this week, uh, next, in fact, tomorrow, if you're between the ages of 18 and 40 years old, our 1840 group is having an incredible Christmas party at Pastor Kelly and Jeremiah's house. Uh, they are going to be hosting uh, this incredible gathering of awesome people, 18 to 40-ish. You like the ish? We got the ish? Uh, yeah, boy, it's going to be a great time. Uh, boy, if you, if you would like to be a part, love to have you there. It's going to be a great party. Uh, youth and kids are having a party uh, this Wednesday night, uh, so be sure to be around for that. And then you kind of heard on the announcement uh, from Jonathan and Sophia that uh, uh, Christmas services are coming up with, with Christmas Eve. It's one of the most special services that we have all year. Uh, the candle lighting, the candles, it's just a, a powerful night. Would love to have you join us. Uh, for that. And then remember, uh, next Sunday is our last Sunday uh, of the year where we will be live here uh, today. All of us uh, here this morning will be joining all of those who are watching us online right now, and we'll all be watching online on Christmas uh, Day, the 25th. Make sure it is going to be a special service at home for Christmas and uh, would love uh, for you, in fact, in preparation. But come on, how many of you like gifts? Free, free stuff. Uh, on the table in the foyer is a, is a bag, and we'd love for you to take one of these, one per family. Inside are all kinds of goodies and things that you will need to really help make that Christmas morning service very, very special. Uh, and inside of there, each one of these also contains one of our 21 days of, of fasting and prayer booklet, which will help you start the new year. Here at, at uh, Grace Valley, we want to we wanna pray, fast and pray to bring in the new year. We're going to set aside 21 days where we're going to say, Lord, move in our lives, move in our church. We'll talk more about that, but there's an incredible book that's a guide to help you uh, see God do some powerful things in your life. So be sure to grab one of these on your way out today. Tony Lee, can you help? Oh, look at, thank you so much. Come on, give her a hand. Isn't she doing it too? Beautiful, thank you. And, uh, and so a lot of, lot of great things happening. Next Sunday, big Sunday, it's our last Sunday together. We're going to be having baby dedication, child dedication. If you have a child that you'd like to have dedicated, let us know in the office. You can do that online through that QR code. Uh, you can do it on our, our digital bulletin. We would love to celebrate with your family and uh, dedicate your children uh, to the Lord. And uh, as it is our, our last Sunday, next uh, Sunday for the year as us together, Today, every now and then, uh, we have to say goodbye. Uh, today is actually the last Sunday of someone who has been just an integral part of our team here at Grace Valley. Uh, the one who really helps you know what's going on because he controls what's going on on this screen right now. And uh, Dr. Justin Fabish has taken a position in the Detroit area. And sadly, this is his last 
Sunday with us. It won't be the last time we see him, but it'll probably be one of the last Sundays. And he is making it all happen today. Uh, he's been such an incredible church. He's been such an incredible blessing uh, to this to this church family. He's been an incredible blessing to me. Uh, he helped me uh, be able to hear. Now, I don't, know. I don't know if that's a blessing to me or if that's a blessing to Tony Lee. Probably more of a blessing to her uh, that, that, uh, that I can hear uh, just an incredible uh, thing. So I just want you, can we just say thank you to Justin Fabish for all that you have done? Justin, come on, wave so everybody stand up. Come on, stand up. There he is. Come on. Justin making it happen up there. Man, we appreciate you, sir. Appreciate you so much and, uh, and all that you have done. Been a great, great uh, part of. So, hey, I'll throw that out. Anybody looking for a place to serve? We got a whole, we got some. Oh, yeah, it got quiet. It's like, that's a lot of pressure to make those slides happen. Uh, church, uh, we love so many who serve in so many different areas within. The, the church would not be the church if people uh, didn't serve and give of their talents. Thank you, sir, for giving of your talents to the Lord. Uh, what an incredible, incredible blessing. Uh, today, we're going to dive into the Word, and uh, we just want to get into the second uh, message here of our series titled, The Message in the Miracle. The Message in the Miracle. And uh, this, this uh, message that we have, last week was a great week. We had an incredible Sunday. We learned that because of the miracle of Christ being born, that we had this incredible understanding that he gives us purpose in our lives. You and I, uh, Christ came to this earth and he was born of the Virgin Mary and he lived his life so that you and I would experience purpose in our lives. I want you to know if you're here today and you missed last Sunday, go back online, listen to that message and understand and listen to what I believe God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for you. He came so that your life would be fulfilled with an incredible purpose. And today uh, we have another message that we see in this miracle and the message is the impossible is possible. Come on. Would you look at your neighbor right now and say, the impossible is possible. Now you might look at someone and think, you're impossible. But that impossibility that you may think you have, that may be happening in your life, we know that because of this moment that we're celebrating this month of the birth of our Savior, He gives us an incredible picture into His desire to still do the impossible in our lives. Have you ever had something unexpected happen in your life? Have you ever witnessed uh, the unexpected? Uh, Tony Lee and I love watching this show uh, called Survivor. Any Survivor fans in the room? And, uh, and, and it's the, the theme is expect the unexpected. Expect there to be unexpected. How many of you have ever watched a movie and at the end there was an unexpected ending? Usually, I don't know about you, I'm, I'm calling the ending halfway through, I'm going, oh, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen, and very rarely, but sometimes, I get caught off guard, like, and I love it, I'm like, whoa, I did not see that coming, that was awesome, expecting the unexpected, when unexpected, I mean, here's something unexpected, the Lions have won four out of the last five games, come on. That's unexpected. That got some cheers in the room. We said, Lo, go team. 
That's unexpected. Sometimes unexpected things take place and they happen in our lives. When they happen, it it can show a lot about us, our character, uh, how we handle the unexpected, uh, whether we rise to the occasion, whether we don't allow that unexpected thing, whether it was good or bad, lions, good. Other things could be very bad when we didn't see it coming. When a tragedy slips in and we didn't see it coming. When the unexpected hits and we, we don't know where to go, what, where to turn, how to make this step into uh, overcoming an unexpected situation in our lives. Today, I just want us to take a look before the Christmas story of Luke 2. I'd like us to take a look at Luke chapter 1. And see what is kind of transpiring here as the table is set for a Savior to be born. That somehow in this message today, the miracle that we see take place, there's a message for you and I in our hearts. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 1. I'm going to read verses, uh, verse, to begin, verse 5 through 13. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, There was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Verse 6, both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. I want you to see that in this verse. Observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. I don't know if you've ever had a moment in your life where you wondered why. Why is this happening to me? Why has this happened to me? Why, how could God allow this to happen to me? We see in this story, uh, from, from, from this moment, this incredible couple, as, as Zechariah and Elizabeth are desiring to have a child, and they've never been able to have a child, and yet, I find it fascinating, but they lived their lives observing, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly, which... I love to hear that because here's what that tells me. Even in their despair, even in their disappointment, even when things didn't turn out the way they wanted it to, their life didn't turn out the way they wanted it to, they wanted a family, they wanted some of these things in their life, even though those things were taking place, they never gave up or turned their eyes away from the Lord. They observed Him. They still loved him. They still served him. They could have said, how could you do this to me? How could you have allowed this to happen? How could this tragedy take place in my life? I know that you and I, we we all know that none of us are are above tragedy. None of us are above sickness and disease. We have have mortal bodies that, that, that fail us from time to time. Come on, anybody had a failing moment from time to time? Come on. I don't like it. I don't like sitting down and all of a sudden, after five minutes of sitting, I stand up and my muscles don't work like they used to. I feel like I got to do a full stretch routine to walk out and go get my cup of coffee that I want to go get. This thing that we encounter in life, this aging process, brings about so many different things in our lives. And, and, and here, this, this couple, it says they are very old. And something begins to happen. Uh, Zechariah, let, let's just continue and we'll read in verse 8. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving as a priest before God. He was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense 
And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Zechariah was serving in a division as a priest for the Lord. They cast lots, and his was drawn. And he was the one who was sent in to the Holy of Holies to burn incense. This would only happen once in a lifetime for someone to be able to serve in this capacity. And once, when they were on duty, his lot was, was, called, was pulled, and he went in. And then it tells us this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense, when Zech, now talk about something unexpected, you go in there and all of a sudden the angel of the Lord appears in that moment, Zechariah saw him and was startled, and rightly so, was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. This is the birth of John the Baptist. This is the birth of what was the one who was going to prepare the way for Jesus. This is the birth of something that was amazing. Now, I told you a moment ago that that she was old. Um, when this word came to Zechariah and Elizabeth, she was 88 years old. Do we have anyone in the room who's over 88 years old? Can I see your hands if you're willing to admit it? There it is, yeah. Can you imagine how many of you have a grandma and grandpa over 88 years old? Can you imagine grandma and grandpa announced to you today? Guess what? (laughs) Woo! They'd be like, you're like, what? Well, we got to get us a minivan again. We got to go get one of those minivans so we can, because we're going to, and I hear soccer's all the rage. Am I going to be a soccer mom now? Soccer grandma? This is how old Elizabeth was when the word came to Zechariah. And he says, guess what's going to happen? This is, this is a, a miracle. They had faced this adversity all of their life. And I want you to know I love their heart. Even though they, they wanted a family, even though this didn't happen for them, uh, they, they kept their eyes and they walked faithfully before the Lord. They loved Him. They served Him. And here's what I want you to know, that adversity in our lives is an opportunity that you and I have to spotlight Jesus, even though we face adversity, even though we face difficulty, we can continue to shine the light on Jesus. He is still our Lord. He is still our Savior. He is still making a way. He still does miracles. Guess what? He does the impossible in our lives. And and here in this moment, we see this adversity that they had been facing. All of a sudden, they had been continually shining the light, living for the Lord, being faithful in their lives to Him, walking with Him. And then the miracle takes place. Let's take a look. Six months later, down in verse 26, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled in this moment. Troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. 
the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Wow, what a message! What a hope, what an incredible uh, moment in her life, wondering what is this, what is this message, and then to hear this, that his kingdom will never end. Her son, her son was going to be the Messiah, the son of God. Like, wow. That's, I, I can't even fathom what she must have felt in that moment. I don't know, you, you've probably driven down the same roads I have. How many of you have ever seen a bumper sticker that said, my student is an honor roll student? Come on. And then you see that one bumper sticker that says, my student beat up your honor rules. No. <laughs> you know, we like, look at, and, and I love it. We did it too. You got, man, my, my, my child is on this team and that team, and we put all the stickers on the back of our car, and we're part of this or part of that. Guess what? Nobody could trump Mary's bumper sticker. My son is the savior of the world. What? Come on. Mary responds in verse 34, how will this be? How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One will be born, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be un unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Church, come on. No word from God will ever fail. I think the greatest thing that you and I could get today is a word from the Lord. His word will never fail. The Lord lets her in as the angel is speaking to her, telling her of what's to come and what's going to happen. I love her response, and I, I love verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. Her response to that is so powerful in verse 38. It says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. No word from God will ever fail. She said, I am, your, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. I, I love this exchange that takes place in a young girl's heart who's overwhelmed at the sight of the angel, wonders what this greeting is all about. Here's the promise of the Lord and this, the weight of that moment. And, and I don't know about you, but, but this drives me to know the Lord more. I, I want His Word to be in my life. I want to walk in His Word, live His Word, because why? His Word never fails. His Word never fails. I think the greatest message that you and I could experience, the miracle birth of our Savior, has a message for you and I today. The message in the miracle for you and I today is what seems impossible simply is not. It is not impossible. 
Whatever dreams you may have, whatever uh, things that you have been holding on to, whatever, whatever those things are that you feel like the Lord has spoken into your life, maybe you're kind of like Elizabeth and Zechariah wondering why, where did my life take a turn? Where did it happen? Where, why do I feel like I'm so far one way or the other? Wherever I am, I just feel like I'm just wandering aimlessly going through life, trying to so many times just pick up the pieces that I feel are broken and shattered and falling around me. Sometimes we experience those hurts in our family. Sometimes we experience those hurts in our, our lives, in our finances, in so many different areas, maybe even in hurt and broken relationships that we've had. I want you to know today that what seems impossible, come on, it seems impossible for an 88-year-old Elizabeth to have a child. It is impossible for a virgin to have a child. But knowing the message of Christ's birth gives us this incredible, powerful thought today. Even today, what seems impossible simply is not. We serve the God of the impossible. We serve the God of all things possible. He can do so many good and mighty things in our lives. And... And as we experience this, we, we look back, Isaiah prophesied that a virgin would be with child 700 years before it happened, it was prophesied that this would happen. In Micah, it was prophesied that the, the, the Savior would be born in Bethlehem. And, and then, hey, all of a sudden there's a census that gets declared. And because the census is declared, Mary and Joseph while pregnant, have to travel to Bethlehem, and that is where our Savior, it's one miracle after another, miracle after miracle that leads to our Savior's birth. Church, I want you to know that the same God who performed those miracles is performing miracles today in our lives, in our homes, in our families, in this world. You look at the world and you say, man, it's out of control. No, it's not. He is in perfect control. Let's just live for him. Let's put our trust and our hope in him. God can do the impossible things in your life. God can do impossible things in your life. Your family, your finances, your children, your home. Maybe you're here today and you feel like you're just hanging on. You're just holding on for dear life. Maybe you're holding on to a promise. Maybe you're holding on to something. I don't know about you, but throughout life, I've experienced them. Maybe you have as well. Throughout life, we all experience some highs and some lows, right? It seems like the Christmas season just magnifies those highs and those lows. The, the joyous response of, of gift giving and all of that can, can trigger and, and, and magnify some of our highs. If you're walking through difficulty, many times the holidays can magnify those lows. If you're having difficulty in your marriage, all of a sudden it is magnified sometimes during those, the holiday season, some of those difficulties. If you're having financial difficulty or pressure, those lows many times can be magnified in this moment, loneliness, depression, anxiety, worries, fear, doubt, all of those seem to be on the rise during this season that's called Christmas, a joyous season. Come on. We got to spread the Christmas cheer, sing it loud for all to hear. And even in the joy and the exuberance of Christmas, many times deep down in our hearts it magnifies an emptiness, a hole, a hurting, difficulty. I think the greatest message for you and I today from this text and this passage that we're looking at today uh, in the birth, the miracle birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is that God can still do, God can do, God can do impossible things. He can do impossible things. And miracles happen in ordinary people's lives. 
Sometimes we think that that could never happen for me. That happens for someone else. That could happen for, for others. Mary was an ordinary girl. Yes, she was highly favored by the Lord. She was picked out. She was sought after uh, in, in that moment. And so many times we can say, hey, and so we're going to we put her on a, on a pedestal. We, we know that she had fear. She had anxiety. She didn't know what was going to happen. You have to realize that, that in that day, if a young girl was pregnant and not married, she could have been stoned to death. This was a, a, an egregious, like, whoa, what are we going to do? How can this happen. The miracle of our Savior has a message for you and I today that what looks impossible is not. Jesus went on throughout his life here on earth and he began to do miracles. He did miracle after miracle after miracle. I don't have time to go into all of them. There are so many. But one miracle that that Jesus uh, performed that I just want to highlight this morning because the miracle of his birth led to a life that miracles followed Jesus. Wherever he went, he touched people. He changed their life forever. One encounter with him completely revolutionizes our hearts and our lives. Jesus in the front of everyone, reached his hand out and touched someone that he should not have, according to the customs of the day, he reached out and he touched a leper. A man whose uh, body was, was, was full of leprosy. In that day, no one got near them, let alone touch them. They, they had to stay so many feet apart from them. They walked on the opposite side of the street from them. Most of them weren't even in society. They were cast out into uh, uh, communal groups where they would all live together because of the destructiveness of this leprosy that would just begin to eat the flesh and, and cause their, their hands and their feet to shrivel up. It was a horrible disease. And here Jesus does something uh, in front of everyone, he reaches out his hand and he touches the leper. I want you to know that Jesus specializes in something. He specializes in creating formers. Former rejects. Former addicts, former misfits, former sinners, former victims. In this case, a former leper. Come on, how many of you are glad that the Lord's power created a former in your life? A former in you. I am a former, but because of God, I want you to know. I, I kind of want to know. I want to know, how did the crowd react when he did this? Of course, there was a collective gasp. Why are you touching? And then he was healed. I, I would love, wouldn't that be an incredible testimony to hear that leper, to hear what took place in their life and what happened? What did he do? The emotion had to be so overwhelming in that moment of everything that was taking place. Who are the lepers today? Maybe it's the person who is a part of them that feels unclean. You can't see it like an open sore or a wound like you could with a leper, but there's something inside that's desperately hurting. Maybe they feel like an outcast, a reject, a misfit, even though they're surrounded by people, and, and, and I don't think any of us are immune to that. You can be sitting in this room filled with people, there's people all around, and yet you're sitting here, and you feel like you're all alone, like nobody wants to really be near you, or, or maybe there's something that's happening inside. Maybe it's the person who believes what other people have said about you. Maybe it's the person who's been wounded and is afraid they will never be whole again. I think there's some incredible lessons that we see here from this story. The first thing we see is that Jesus saw the leper. He saw the man who was hurting. He saw the leper. He saw what was taking place in his life that no one else, everyone else turned away. No one wanted to be around him. It was gruesome. It was gory. They say that it even stank. It had a, a smell and an odor to them. No one wanted to be involved but Jesus. When everyone else ran away, Jesus came to him. Jesus did not freak out at his need Instead, Jesus touched him. 
Jesus touched him. Just that alone would have been huge for the leper. To feel the touch of a human hand that they probably hadn't felt in years. But it wasn't just a human hand. It was the Savior's hand. He was touched by God's hand. A self-worth was restored. He wasn't unlovable any longer. His value was restored. He felt loved again with the simple touch of Jesus' hand. All the pain and hopelessness, all the dreams came flooding back into his life. Everything that he had felt robbed of by this disease was in that moment healed. He was clean. He now had hope. And I want you to know today, wherever you are, whatever you are walking through, know this. Just as Jesus saw the leper, Jesus sees you today. Jesus sees you. He knows your name. He knows what you've been through. He knows what you're walking through. He knows the hurt. He knows the, the, the fear. He knows the anxiety. He knows all of the things that cause stress in your life. He knows all the things that you feel that you have lost, whatever those things are. He sees you today. He sees you. Come on. That's good news, right? His eyes are upon you today. And the most beautiful thing about that is regardless of your past or your failures, regardless of how you see yourself, Jesus sees you. And just like the leper, he doesn't turn away. He is not turning his head. He's not turning his eyes. We think that somehow we have done some egregious thing or we have created this, this chasm. I want you to know it's because he came to earth as a child that he fills the chasm chasm when he dies on a cross 33 years later he came to walk among us Jesus sees you and you need to know this Jesus loves you when you are touched by Jesus you are never the same one touch from Jesus changes everything sickness one touch from Jesus healed. A victim, one touch from Jesus, an overcomer. Hopelessness, hopeless, with one touch from Jesus, there is hope. What is our response to this message, the message in the miracle today, that what seems impossible is not? Our life response should simply be one of surrender. Our response should be one of surrender. No matter what we are walking through, no matter what's happening in our life, no matter what is taking place, no matter what worries or cares you have in this world, no matter what you feel like has been, maybe you feel like the rug's been pulled out from under you, maybe you're going through life and you're wishing that things were different, but they're not. Here's what you and I can do today. We can respond the same way Elizabeth and Zechariah did. Even though we find ourselves here today, our response is going to be a heart and a life full of surrender to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're going to give him everything. We're going to worship him. We're going to declare his glory. We're going to love him. We're going to follow him. We're going to say, God, whether all of this turns around or not, you are still my God. He's awesome. Even in the midst of pain and despair, listen, if you're here and you find yourself far away from the Lord, I want you to know, when you come to Jesus, he steps into your mess. He steps into your life. He steps into the storm. He steps into those moments. And sometimes the storm continues to rage around us. He doesn't all of a sudden, boy, man, my life. Come on, how many of you know the Lord as your personal Savior? Let me see your hands. How many still have storms in your life? Let me see your hand. Look at that, yeah. Coming to Jesus doesn't just miraculously somehow take away all the things. You want to know what it does? It allows you and I 
to walk through difficulties, storms, hurt, and pain with peace, with calm, with a joy, with something that nobody, nobody else looks and goes, how in the world? I'll tell you how. It's, there's only one way. It's because Jesus Christ lives inside of me. The power of his Holy Spirit is walking through this storm with me. Some of you, yeah. There's so many different circumstances and things that we could call out. But I just want to ask you this. Are there some areas in your life where your response in this moment would be one of surrender? Are there some areas in your life that you've not fully surrendered to the Lord, to give in to him to say, God, here I am, here I am, here I am. Take the hurt, take these things, take my life. The message in the miracle today is that we serve a God who still does the impossible. He makes impossible things possible. But you and I, we have a response. We have a step. We have a a step to take. You heard Brian Henley last week share an incredible message about taking and living and stepping one step closer to Jesus. Take one step closer. Here's one step that you and I can take. We can say, God, here I am. I surrender everything to you. I'm going to take one step closer to you today. I want to be. I want to know. I want to experience your hope, your joy in my life, in my family. Even though the storm is raging, Lord, step into this situation. The truth of today is that the impossible is possible. And what seems impossible is not. What seems impossible is not. Every head up, every eye open, I don't even care if you look around. If you are in this room today, you say, Pastor Kurt, I've got, some impo- I've got an impossible situation. I've got something happening in my life. I need the God of the impossible to step into a situation that I am walking through, that I am going through. If that is you here today, would you just slip your hand up to the Lord? I want to acknowledge that. I want to pray for you. Wow, thank you. Yeah, come on, hold them up. There's an impossible situation. There is something that you are walking through. There's something that's happening. Ah, Father, you see every single one of these hands. And Lord, in this moment, I pray that you would begin to unlock and do the impossible. I pray that you will turn these situations around. I pray in the next few moments, Lord, as we call upon your name, that God, you would begin to do these things that are they we are calling on you for here today. God, I pray that your impossible would become possible in this moment. You could put your hands down. We're going to close this service singing a song about a God of miracles. It's a song called Waymaker. I'm going to invite the worship team to come and to make their way to the stage right now. And as they do, I'm going to invite you all across this room to stand to your feet. We're going to ask God and we're going to invite him to this moment to do the impossible. Because how many of you know he is the Waymaker? How many of you know he is still able? How many of you know he is still alive and moving in our midst today? I saw a lot of hands go up. If we can just go to our worship setting, we're just going to worship the Lord in this place for a moment. And this morning, on this Sunday morning, the second to the last Sunday morning in this calendar year, I'm going to invite you to step and take a step, one step closer. I asked a question earlier, maybe there's some areas in your life that you need to surrender. I want you to know something in this room. 
If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, in a moment like this, he says, I will come and I will meet you right where you are. All you have to do is call upon my name. If you're here today, and you need Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life, this moment right now could be for you. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Kurt, when you close, would you pray for me? I need Jesus to step into my life right now. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up right where you're at? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anyone else want to join these three? Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Come on, church. Can we give the Lord praise? Yes, in the back. Oh, two more. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on, let's celebrate. God, you are here. Thank you, Jesus. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to pray for those who just raised their hand. And then we're going to begin to worship. And I'm going to invite you before you head out those doors, would you take a moment, if you're here, and you need God to step into that impossible situation, I'm going to invite you to step out from where you are to find a place. We have a huge altar area all the way from side to side here. Would you come and take a moment and say, God, here I am. I am calling on your name, the God of the impossible, to step into my situation and do something awesome. I invite you to take a step today and watch God begin to do a miracle in your life. If you are in the room and you are a board member, board member's wife, deacon or deacon's wife, I want you to please come as well and just begin to pray for those who come. Come on, church, all across this room, let's lift our hands to the King. Father, first of all, we pray for those who just lifted their hand. Lord, they declared in this moment that they need you to be the Lord of their life. God, we surrender our lives to you. And God, we ask that you would do a great and mighty work in them. Your word said that all we have to do is call upon in the name of the Lord and we will be saved. God, I thank you for these hearts that have been saved by your grace and your mercy today. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And now, Lord, we ask that you would be the God of the impossible in our lives and our situations. God, I pray even now as we sing this song that you would do miracles in our hearts and in our lives. God, that you would set us free, that you would bring healing. God, that you would touch our lives in such a powerful way today. God, here we are. We come to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to come as Pastor Kelly sings. If you want the God of the impossible to do something awesome in your life, I see those already coming. Feel free. I invite you to step out from where you are. Let's join together at this altar and seek his face in Jesus' name. I worship you. I worship. 
This looks like a big Thank you. 